Welcome to a space where your voice, your experience, and your truth matter. You should come prepared for authentic, deep dives into topics that embody all walks of life with the goal of creating positive change. No matter who you are or where you're from, we're glad you're here to share in the conversation and can't wait to hear your story. I am Coach Fred. I'm Uncle C. I am Aaron Kinzer. I am Javon. And this is Safe Spaces and Faces. I want to take an opportunity to say thank you because honestly, you know, I started talking about the podcast. I started throwing out ideas to all three of you in different in different threads of conversation. And I really, I guess I just didn't expect everything to align the way that it did. And then it started happening really fast. And I was like, oh, fuck. Like, I'm doing this. Okay, we're doing this. And then I was like, oh, we're doing this. So I just want to say thank you guys for just for being dedicated, even recording coming up into the holidays and really just giving your time. I know we we record late nights, so we are after work, after kids, after coaching, after football, after everything. So I just want to say thank you. And without this energy pouring into it, this energy would not be perpetuating further and further. So thank you for continuing to show up with that energy and for really kind of seeing the vision. And I know I say it a lot, but you just got to get used to that. I'm not going to stop. No, I just want to thank Javon for his smooth, silky voice. Because, I mean, I'm just thankful. <laughs> Without that, we ain't nothing. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> Go ahead, Devon. Yeah. Say some words. Just say words. You ain't got to say nothing. Just say words, though. Go ahead. Word. That's all. That's Not all word. <laughs> That's all I'm oh, saying. Man. Did you see how he finessed that word, though? You can say like, your name. Anyway, it sounds sexy, bro. Like I think by now they've heard my voice enough times. Wait, wait. Who was it that commented on one of our posts and said that we need to ask you to sing? Was that your mother? That was my mother. <laughs> Uh oh, uh oh. I'm not thinking on the podcast. (laughs) No, that was my mother. Man, I think the followers would love to hear you sing one time. Mm -hmm. I mean, give us a good old Christmas carol, something. Mm -hmm. Oh, he, he, he. yeah, come on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Nope, get us some Nat King Cole or something. Come on, come on. Go ahead, Javon. I'm (laughs) dreaming. Is this what we're doing? <laughs> Look, he, he's swaying. He wants to sing. I don't, I don't think I've ever had a white Christmas egg. <laughs> so none of y'all ever grew up with me then because it was a white Christmas every motherfucking year. And I'm so glad I'm out of that shit. Uh, Look at man. Wait, wait. Was it bears? You had polar bears in your white. <laughs> Come on now, hey, I'm jumping. I'm out. fucking. You ain't dead. got no snow out there. Well, what kind of snow you got? I'm not. Hey. Well, I don't know. The snow my mom had wasn't falling from the sky. Oh my god! I mean, we listen. We 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 had slopes and lines, but it wasn't like that. <laughs> Oh man! Oh shit, oh, man! Special. That's it right there. <laughs> That's it. Follow along, bitches. Okay, sure. Oh man. Right. Um, 
No, okay, so listen, there's there's a dynamic about the holidays that needs a discussion, and there is so much that I could actually fit into an episode about the holidays that could be a whole series. (laughs) Mm, mm, mm -hmm. Um, Because memories about the holidays encompass joy, encompass pain, trauma. I mean, some... My parents separated on Christmas morning. You feel me? Like, oh, um, <laughs> like everyone thinks of the holidays. Oh, holly jolly, and it is. But let's get real about it. You know what I'm saying? So let's let's be candid about our experiences with the holidays. I, I want to hear from you guys, and I want to know what some of your traditions are too. And I also kind of want to pay homage to the diverse spectrum of celebrations that happen this time of the year, not just Christmas, because as our name suggests, safe spaces and faces, we want to be a safe space to not just talk about trauma, but celebrate and recognize and represent. So let me get my jolly juice for this conversation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Not the jolly juice. Listen, I did not, it has, it holds the whole 750 milliliters of the wine bottle, but See, I refuse because I'm, I'm a little, I'm either like classy or really trashy and I haven't got to trashy yet. So <laughs> keep it classy. By the end of the episode, huh? By the end of the episode. But look how big this bitch is. So, I mean, it's really a big ass lens. So let's, let's, let's talk about Christmas. Let me ask this question. When did you stop believing in Santa? If you ever believed in Santa, that's what I want to know first, actually. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, Young as hell. Like you learn real quick that ain't no fat man coming through no chimney. <laughs> you learn that real quick. Not no well. We was young. I, we we lived in apartments. Right. We ain't got no goddamn chimney. We like what they breaking through the front door. Like, did what, you what? not see the Tim on. Allen movie, man? Come on. He, he just kind of <laughs> goes down the pipe. I think personally, I was like 12, if I remember correctly. Like it was it was around like eleven. I would say it was around eleven or twelve. I was I want to say I was about 11, 11 or 12 or so. And I remember mom, I remember we told my mom, like, yo, mom, come on. Ain't no Santa. And my mom was like, you want presents? We was like, yeah. Then you better believe it, Santa. She was just joking with us, but we was like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Santa, he going he gonna to bring me some Nikes? And, oh, yeah, 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 Santa. He, yeah. You know, and it was a running joke after that. Hey, my mom used to really try, though. Like, mom dyed the milk. I don't know it was red or green or something. And it was like this whole orchestrated thing and i had a handwritten letter supposedly from santa and it was on top of a vhs of the classic movie rudolph and it was like this whole thing i don't recall ever like believing it because it's like i always knew but then i would always catch myself trying to wake up in the middle of the night on christmas eve to catch the man in the house too and i really don't know like when i actually stopped i just remember at one point just being like okay cut the shit Right, you know, yeah, cut it out. I, you know, I've often wondered if I ever chose to adopt kids because clearly I'm not birthing any. Clearly, clearly, I've tried, it just hasn't happened. <laughs> but Same. I mean, I don't, I've always wondered, like, I don't know, like, if I would be one of those parents that's like, listen, Santa's not real because you know, some of those parents do that, and I don't know, like, it just feels so, it feels so deceitful. Man, look, man, life is short. Have fun with a little something. We talking about people talk, well, well, if you do that to them, how would they believe in you? Man, listen, life is, first of all, with kids, they have imaginations and it's not like we're like supremely manipulating something that is to hurt them with intent. 
Right. It's, it's it's really nothing in the grand scheme of things. There's plenty of things that when parents are trying to help their kids through sports, what do they tell them? You're really good. A lot of them kids ain't shit. <laughs> oh, I mean, you know, you telling them that sometimes. You, you, you okay, me? baby? You good? Yeah. Just keep going. You you can't just, life is hard enough. Let them have a little fun. Now, I so do I remember think, believing in the Easter Bunny. I do yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, and the tooth That one was never believable to me. Really? No. Yeah, and you know what? When... At the at the moment of finding out, yes, do we feel like, oh shit? I think people will overlook that they they look too far into that moment. Ooh, it's deceit of your child, and that's the that's the problem I have with people that believe in Jesus is that they will go so far into dissect everything. I'm like, well, damn, everything in the world is six six six, man. Like, unless, like, can we just focus on the good? <laughs> <laughs> you ever follow some of these pages? I'm being real. You ever follow some of these pages that that uh, Jesus is King, and they talk about, but all they talk about is all the satanic shit. I'm like, everything well, is demonic. Yeah, everything don't is witchcraft. Everything yes. is out to get you. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> is there any good? Can we focus on some good? I went on a tangent. I'm just saying. I think it's harmless, and it really is about just letting kids have a little bit of imagination to have some fun with something. It is true. A lot of the traditions that are celebrated at Christmas really are parallel with the celebration of Yule. There are, are so many of the iconic images that we associate with Christmas that that have this tradition. And it, and it really is. It's this celebration of the winter solstice. Mm-hmm. You've got the evergreen tree. You've got the mistletoe, the holly and candles. Deck the halls with boughs of holly. Fa la 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 la. I mean, all of this does have origins in pagan tradition. It goes all the way back to its ancient roots in Norse and Celtic traditions of Yule and Yuletide and symbolizing rebirth of the sun or return of the sun during the solstice, this triumph of light over darkness, of warmth. And I didn't know this, but the Yule logs were like specifically chosen and were typically from fruit-bearing trees. And they would actually burn those. And then the warmth produced by the light was kind of symbolic of the warmth that was coming after winter following the solstice. Because the sun is emerging more. You have more warmth and you're moving into mm-hmm. the spring. So there really was a shift when the Christian culture took this holiday because of fear of what these pagan origins were. And because of that, many of those traditions are still present. But I don't think that there should be that fear. I think there should be more of an understanding and celebration because just because someone believes differently than you doesn't mean that you can't coexist together and still celebrate at the same time and wish each other well. I'm even looking at the Chinese New Year, talking about how it symbolizes the renewal of life because of the winter solstice, you know, going into the spring and, and you know what I mean? Like you said, more sunlight. All of these holidays seem to be around that time of the year. They all have some sort of element that is intertwined. You know what I mean? It makes good sense. I mean, we got to understand the symbolism and the time where the, some of these traditions and, and the celebrations were uh, <clears throat> originated. You got to understand the people, if they didn't have the tools we had these days to try to, to understand science and nature and the universe and the earth spinning on its axis and around the sun and then circulating in a circle every day to, symbol, to be 24 hours, but... They knew that this was happening. And celebrations are just acknowledgments of these things. Celebrations of 
the spring coming of the creator and the creation and what keeps them alive. And there was an acknowledgement of that. So, so, so the real religious heads that go crazy and they go left trying to create something and, and then attaching it to salvation, attaching it to hell, attaching it to God. I mean, and all type of, all type of stuff like, bro, just chill out, man. There's an acknowledgement. <laughs> the celebrations are an acknowledgement of our, our humanity and the creator who created us. Right. One, one common theme you see is nature and all of them, the sunlight, the darkness. Mm -hmm. But what's unifying about these things and what's good about it is the symbolism, uh, how, how you can take lessons from it and parables and stories from it and create narratives and storylines that are meaningful to yourself. And honestly, it's really beautiful. If you look at Yule tradition, just with the Christmas tree itself, the evergreen tree, it's a symbol of eternal life and resilience because it's an evergreen. So it's always green. It doesn't, it doesn't die like the rest. It stays green. I think even if you were to, you know, use that as an adaptation into your Christmas celebration, being a Christian who celebrates eternal life and having that symbolism is still a beautiful thing to have. So like I said, it's really about being able to coexist and celebrate those, those mutual understandings of what this stuff uh, symbolizes. Um, and this is interesting uh, which I didn't know about mistletoe. It's associated with fertility and protection. We talk about kissing under the mistletoe. It's a symbolism of fertility. So it's like meeting your partner under the mistletoe. So making that connection and seeing why we kiss under the mistletoe was interesting to me to actually find out. You know, once you make those connections, it's kind of just makes sense. If people don't know the origin of this stuff, they just say a lot of stuff that makes no sense. And then they yeah. look at you without knowing the origin or even willing to understand or learn the origin with the open mindset. I said a lot, an open mindset. They only see it from this viewpoint that they can be judge, jury, and executioner, and they know you're going to hell based on what they read. And I'm like, okay, but we all sinners, bro. It's really, we're talking about these extreme Christians that are unwilling to look at some of these traditions that we're speaking on right now, that they all have an interwoven, it's like a thread. They all are the same. They are. I mean, and they all have independent meanings. I mean, don't get me wrong. For example, Hanukkah. First of all, it's a festival of lights. So we're incorporating this idea of lights and candles again. The lighting of the menorah it still symbolizes this enduring light of hope and faith in challenging times. So just like when you see, you know, the 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 warmth from the Yule log, you have the lighting of the candle, the lighting of the menorah. So you're lighting the candle because it's representing one of the nights that the oil was burning on the menorah beyond its one day capacity. And if you don't know, it actually burned eight full nights. And that's why it's eight nights of Hanukkah instead of the one night that it was only supposed to burn as they were redoing their altar. And then in Kwanzaa, you're lighting them for the different principles of Kwanzaa, but the energy is still the same. It's still about light. It's still about light overcoming darkness. It's still about warmth. It's still about that unity and standing on, on, on that faith and that hope in a trying time. Yeah, I, I would say overcoming during a trying time, like with Hanukkah, as you brought up, you know, the, the Jewish were rebelling against oppression. You, you, you see that woven into it, like we're creating this moment in time and our culture to signify that we fought back against something right. or someone who tried to oppress us. And this is what Absolutely. we did to honor that, you know what I mean? And people lose sight of that. And it's important that people live an informed life.
You know, I mean, you have to be informed and and, and know this stuff. And, and and once you get the once you get the information about the origins of these things, it helps you appreciate and respect each and every custom in its own light. And so, you know what, man? As everyone says, we're more alike than we are different. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And you know, I, you you had said something. It just kind of I don't know what made it trigger this, but I learned I learned about Hanukkah. From an episode of the Rugrats, there was an episode of the Rugrats. It was a, a Christmas. There was a Christmas episode. They also had a Hanukkah episode where they went to Tommy's grandparents' house. I think it was his mom's parents' house, and you learned the story of Hanukkah. Um, and that was my first exposure growing up in a, uh, with Christian grandparents. That my I was only ever exposed to the Christian meaning of Christmas. That and of course, you know the the secular Santa. But yeah, the Rugrats was my first exposure to anything other than Christmas, and it was it was Hanukkah, and that's how I, I learned about it. Now, it was, I didn't quite get the whole understanding that you know the Jewish altar was desecrated because they slaughtered a pig on it, and they had to basically re-prepare a new altar. I didn't understand you know the the breadth of all of that, but just understanding that it was another celebration or another culture to celebrate. That was my exposure. The the fucking Rugrats on Nickelodeon. <laughs> hey man, thank yeah. thank God for the Rugrats. I think that people sometimes think that the holidays are about just the gifts and how we can impress people with what it is that we you know are doing. You know who has the best lights display outside of their house or X Y and Z. And I think sometimes people forget that, like, it really, really is about just loving on your family, loving on your friends, loving on yourself. You know what I mean? The gifts are just extra. You know, one of the things that so with kids, when you get a family, me and Michelle being married, now you have like it's like my family. All right, we do this. But my family's in Illinois. so I'm out here in Idaho. So now it's like, oh, well, what do y'all do? All right. Well, my family, we used to just rip open all the presents. Christmas, yeah, we just rip open like crazy, right? Shell's family, they're more like, you know, everybody one by one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. And so then one year I said, babe, just let them, just let them go crazy, the kids. Just let them yeah. just rip. You know, because as a mom too, she wanted to soak in this moment, you know what I mean? And I'm like, look, we used to just rip them open. I know it's going to be 30 seconds, but shit, let's just let them do it. And, <laughs> and so when you get together with in the holidays, you just start to realize, okay, you only, you're really enjoying your family together sometimes it can be really stressful though there were times where we would have to go see my mom or we got to go see her you know and you get tired of parents can understand this you got to pack up your kids you got to drive an hour this way in the snow somewhere yeah hey hey what's up yeah yeah you yada yada and then you got to go somewhere else you'd be on the road and it don't really be fun as parents because you don't have the fun you got to be responsible You can't get crazy, right? Because you got kids and you got to be responsible on the road. So as a parent, it can be kind of stressful. So the fun becomes little things like watching our kids be happy to open something and remembering how they were when they were maybe little or Trey's going to be, he's 15. I remember when he was five opening up. So, you know, so you just enjoy that. And then as you get older with no kids, let's say you run your family members, it becomes this camaraderie of let's tell these old stories and cackalack about this, that, and the third and you know, let's play these old games or whatever. Then somebody gets too drunk and say something stupid. You know, they get <laughs> fight. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, for me, so that kind of brings me to my question. What are some traditions that you guys have 
with your families? Man, well, I don't really have any traditions. It wasn't until I was like 11 or 12 years old where mm-hmm. I went to my, my grandmother's sister's house and she has a big family. So my grandmother's offspring is kind of scattered. But my her sister, my Aunt June, her offspring were still kind of tight. And all those siblings were still kind of tight and together. And so when my mother took me and my brother to my Aunt June's house for Christmas, because we were poor, so we drove from Virginia back to West Virginia to the hometown where they were all raised in the coal mines of West Virginia, way up in those hollers and those mountains. And we in there at Aunt June's house and all her kids and all her grandkids and great grandkids are around. And me and my brother over here off to the side a little bit. My mother's there. But to see the gift giving and everybody drawing had drew names and everybody got a gift for somebody uh, uh, whose name they drew. You know, and then they had gifts for me and my brother. And, and, and it just threw me for a loop. Like, like y'all got gifts for us? Like, mm-hmm. what? For real? Like, I didn't know anybody. I didn't know they did that. I didn't know people ever did that type of stuff. So the gift giving was really something big that, that shocked me at that age. Like, yo, this this really happens. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. wow, this is something different. Like, I like this. And as an adult, I look to be able to recreate those moments as a grandfather soon, sometime in life, in the future. When I, I was have about that, to say, are you trying to tell us something? Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> this girl better not be pregnant. She better oh, not be. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I definitely look to recreate those moments, man, of gift giving and sharing and love and, and care and concern for other people because it's all symbolism. And it's all the lessons that you're able to draw and teach and put the lessons into the children at a young age and let them know that it's not I bought, I spent 500 for a ring or, or I bought you some pajamas or something is that I thought about you is that I cared about you when you didn't when, when you didn't even know it somebody was out there in the mall running around dealing with traffic to buy something that they think would make you happy and that means a lot that that, that is a sacrifice right there you know what I mean that means a lot right there so that's one that's one tradition that uh the gift giving is something that's uh that stood out to me. And uh, I definitely look to recreate that. I like that. We haven't, we did have something like that within our family, but then it got to be a lot like who gives to who, you know what I mean? So we, we didn't really expand upon that. One of the biggest things that we, that we like to do is when we get a big family at Thanksgiving or Christmas, the man of the house says a prayer. Everybody get in a circle and the man of the house says a prayer, whoever's house we're at. The man that owns that house, we say that man says the prayer. So, and, and I've even had my son say the prayer, like, Hey, you say it, you know, and it's not really a big deal, but it is a big deal. You know, you're saying words of, you know, love and affirmation and you, you know, saying it to higher power, but it is a big deal because for us and our family, the man leads the household. That's just how it is in our, in our space. And so, you know, that's how we raise our young men in our family and, and, you know, and I understand everybody has different strokes, different folks that works for you, whatever works for you. That's just what we do. You know what I mean? It's been something good for the young men to kind of raise up to that next level of responsibility. The, what do they call it? A, a rite of passage. So that's something that's pretty cool that we do. I think it's interesting. I was actually talking to my roommates the other night. My generation, 
was one of the first generations where you saw a significant decrease in repopulation. Essentially, you know, we just weren't having kids at the same rate. Uh, we actually have more pets than we have kids now. Um, it's interesting because all of us growing up, we kind of have this similar story of getting together with our cousins and doing these different things and these strong, you know, like Christmas holiday traditions. And then now, whether we're single or married or whatever our situation is, because we haven't reproduced and we don't have kids and we're not creating those memories for them and our our cousins have and now they're doing things for their kids with their parents who are their child's grandparents and they're creating their new spaces and new memories it's like you're just kind of like left out there to start new traditions for yourself that aren't the same and don't satisfy that need for nostalgia in the mm. same way you know, I think that's why it's that's why it's really cool that people started pushing this like Friendsgiving thing and and then really kind of accepting creating your circle, creating your family structure. And then as I'm learning myself, I'm learning how to create these new traditions. And then for me, it goes even a step further because for most for the most part, my family and I don't have communication with one another. And it's been that way for several years because of my sexuality, because of my diagnoses, because of my preference in men, and because I'm not a racist asshole. I don't have communication with them. So then that kind of takes me further away at further from that tradition. Honestly, for a long time, gave me this like vehement just taste for the holidays because mm-hmm. I would only think of those old traditions. And, and I kind of, I wallowed in that for a little bit before I realized that I just had to, to create my own space, my own tradition. My roommates and I, you know, we decorate for the holidays just really for the serotonin and just for the joy, just to try to recreate some of that nostalgia. Uh, we we cook for each other and and we we give to each other. And really, it's kind of kind of highlights the themes of all of these different celebrations. We come together and we're thankful and we celebrate the unity that we have and that we've come yet another rotation around the sun. You know what I mean? Just you saying that, the way you said that, the way you completed that whole thing, it just reminds me of what Aaron said. The more that we think we're different, we're really alike. Like what you said, hey, we dec- I've seen your decorations, your pictures and everything. This looks phenomenal, by the way. And if y'all haven't seen <laughs> Unkies cooking, this dude, I could eat I, all the stuff I see on the phone, bro. Like I'm like, dude, like you got to send me a plate, bro. But I think that people that don't have their own tradition are looking for something to, you know, to cling to. That's okay too. If you don't have one and you're just looking for something that just makes you feel like, yo, that that makes me feel that's okay. Because I'm at a point in my life where I have realized, and Aaron has spoke to this many times. I have realized that a lot of the the ancient teachings and things that we read about and stuff, people don't understand. Those are diagrams of better ways of how we can live our life there is no right Right. or wrong and so the reason why i bring that up is because that's what a lot of these celebrations are it was something that helped their culture their people through a certain time i look at it i I think it's all uh, it all is a pathway to the same place to Mm -hmm. the same energy absolutely it's an acknowledgement of something greater like 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 kwanzaa for instance kwanzaa first fruits Right. So they're talking about the harvest. They're talking about the, the food that comes to life that feeds us. That is right. simply an acknowledgement and a praise to some creator, some energy, some life force. So Kwanzaa being a relatively new celebration, you know, primarily 
for the black community because there there was a lost identity. You know, the the customs and traditions that came with Africans across the water were lost probably after the first, second, third generation. It was over with. Not knowing or not not even being allowed to know what your grand what your ancestors' culture was before they came before they were forced and brought across the water. Kwanzaa being a relatively new celebration during the Black Revolution of the sixties. You know, we're like, you know what? We need to have an identity that that uh, celebrates something related to our our ancestors and our culture. And we're going to talk about the land of all things. We're going to talk about nature, the first mm-hmm. fruits, and 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 being connected. A, a celebration of our rebellion against an an oppressive regime or an oppressive uh, energy that exists at this moment in time. So the sixties was ripe for the creation of Kwanzaa. This, this seven days of celebrating these, these, these uh, different concepts of unity, of, uh, of collective work and responsibility to bring back a concept that the ancestors practice. You had to collectively work and be responsible to feed the village. Everybody had a role to harvest and go out and harvest these crops so that we can eat from the old to the young. So it's an understanding of that. And, and it's important, like I say, to be informed and to understand that you're not cheating on grandma. You're not cheating on the church. Right. You're not, you're, you're not mm-hmm. desecrating or, 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 or desecrating the cross to light candles to acknowledge Hanukkah when you've been speaking in tongues all week in Christian <laughs> apostolic Pentecostal church. It's okay. It's all right. It's not the end of the world. You know what I mean? Like, like you don't got to go repent and cry at the altar and ask for forgiveness because you lit candles at your friend's house for Kwanzaa. Yes, you know thank you. Like, they gonna be down there to go to prison. Listen, listen. It took me to go to prison to open up. It took me to go to prison to be around guys from from Detroit, from Jersey, from LA, from Texas, from from natives from South and North Dakota and Idaho and Montana and people from Miami with Haitian culture and Puerto Rican culture and Dominican culture and to see their shrines on their lockers in, in, in the prison and they're making shrines out of candy bars and Skittles and Twizzlers and Twix. And I'm like, what the fuck is that? You know what I'm saying? But like, oh, this is our practice. It took me to go to prison to see that. Cause if I hadn't went, I'd have been stuck in Southwestern Virginia, Northeastern Tennessee in this crazy radicalized culture where people are just so narrow-minded and closed off to anything different. And I'd have been brought up in this, and I, and I was so narrow-minded for many years going in that it took me to go to prison and become a student of history and read about history to appreciate the, the, the different cultures and how the different cultures are alike. Like, I don't, I don't think people realize this. This is just my perspective. But, like, you talk about, like, witchcraft and all this other stuff, but in reality, it's like, honey, what is a prayer? You have to understand, like, you know, that you're praying to something. You know what I mean? Like, you are praying to a higher being, and basically, you are setting an intention. You just gave it a different name. Exactly. Basically, that's all it is. So, I mean, in reality, a lot of these people are not ready to really have uh, that conversation. Yeah, no, they're not ready to have that conversation or that or develop it in that understanding that everything that you call witchcraft. And demonic. I mean, for God's sakes, just recently, and this is this is, has nothing to do with the holidays, but like y'all know Andre 3000 just released mm-hmm. an album, you know, of all flute music. I listen to it. It's extremely like I can meditate to that music. It's so smooth, so soft, so serene. But yet there are Facebook posts talking about how it's demonic. So I'm just I'm I'm confused. Is it, you know, 
is everything in the world going to be scary in witchcraft? That's what it is. No, you said the key word. It's fear. If there's something that isn't aligned with what they think, with what they know, with what you understand, there's fear. And let's be honest, a lot of times when you have that aspect of fear, that's when you start getting into this outlash with hatred and stuff. I mean, I think it stems from the fear of what they don't understand or what they're not willing to understand. Mm -hmm. Just like these holidays and what, what we're celebrating, it's all about that hope. Hope restored. It's all about mm-hmm. that that good over evil. It's all about the, the the darkness loses the victory of light over that darkness. It's knowledge over ignorance. It's the That's same it. language across the globe. Mm-hmm. Darkness over light, good over evil. I was raised with spirit over flesh. When I went to prison right. and, I, and I started hanging around guys from the Morris Lions Temple, the Nation of Islam, the Nation of Gods and Earth, also called the Five Percenters. I started hearing about the higher consciousness, the lower, higher self and lower self. Absolutely. You hear this language. And once I started hearing this language, I said, you know what? I was raised the same way. The same thing. Yeah. I was, yeah. I was yeah. taught the same thing. So it's, 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 it's once you come to that point of being at least being willing to be like, damn, you're right. I've been tripping. It's important to remember that each of these celebrations are centered on a core belief. And this, this is sacred to people. So it's not about who's right and who's wrong, because at the end of the day, we're all striving for that same pinnacle of righteousness. We're all striving for that same joy. We're all striving for that same victory. Mm. And we all have our own answer for what's right and for what's wrong. But we have to be able to coexist and we have to be able to celebrate each other. Even if you truly believe that your way is the right way, that doesn't mean that the other person who has a different belief is any less than you, has any less value, and that that way, what they believe doesn't have any less impact on their life or any less meaning in their life than what you believe. So I think it's, it's a great time to be able to just celebrate. That's why I get so caught up in this conversation of, oh, it's Merry Christmas. No, it's Happy Holidays. I will say Happy Holidays so much quicker because I understand that I've got brothers and sisters that celebrate Diwali. I've got friends that celebrate Hanukkah. I've got friends that are pagan or that or that do acknowledge the winter solstice and Yule. I've got friends that do celebrate Kwanzaa. And it's not about being right, but it's just about being able to celebrate this common unity, this common understanding of light and warmth as we move through this hell of an experience <laughs> that we're all going through. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, and yeah. even when you talk about when we celebrate the new year, I mean, we talk about hope and prosperity and happiness and luck. I mean, we make certain foods. I know in my house, it's like, you got to have your pork, you got to have your greens, you got to have your black eyed <laughs> peas, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You got to have all that shit together too, because you got to have your greens, you want your money, you know, you want your luck. So that's what, you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, these traditions run deep. And at the end of the day, it all comes back to unification we are all after the same thing. Mm-hmm. But I also want to add something else too, really quick. And maybe you guys, if you guys have experienced this or you know somebody is going through this, um, the holidays can be tough for some people. You know, lost a loved one recently, right? Um, that can be difficult for people. So if you're listening to this podcast and you feel like uh, you're alone or maybe you haven't been heard, those of you that lost people, just know that we understand. First, 
Christmas or first holiday, Kwanzaa, whatever it is, without your loved one, somebody that you're thinking about, that can be difficult mentally, emotionally. You start to think back on the memories you had with them. And that's why I think it's important to be around your family members or be around people that you love and tell them you love them. Because life is short and people be healthy one minute and be really sick the next minute and you don't have a chance. So if you have lost someone and you're feeling the pain and you're listening to this episode, you are heard. We see you. We're sending out positive you know, vibes, love to you. We want you to be heard. We want you to know that we hear you and we love you, man. I want to speak to that for a second because beyond just losing someone, the holidays for many people bring up a lot of emotion because there's been a lot of loss and not just by way of death, but there's just been a lot of loss by way of separation. And I can speak from experience. Growing up, you know, we had our traditions at home. Um, most of the traditions were at my respective grandparents' houses. My parents separated on Christmas morning. Christmas of 2000, this Christmas, Christmas morning will make 23 years. I woke up to my dad being drunk, throwing my presents and decorations into the fire. My mom had wrecked her car trying to get dope and dick. <laughs> and really... I remember riding my bicycle to my grandparents' house for the last, like, and not seeing my dad for weeks, months after that, and afraid to go back. I remember riding away from the house on Christmas Day and looking back at my dad. That really fucked Christmas up for me as a kid. The only reason why I fight so hard to keep Christmas alive, it's not because of those residual memories. It's not because of the nostalgia. I keep Christmas alive because before my grandpa died in 2004, all of my positive Christmas memories were built around going with him every year to the different displays, going with him and him pouring his time and his love and his energy into me as we shop the different stores for the presents, for the family, for the new decorations for the house. We did the decorating together, and he always instilled this virtue of understanding, of love, of caring for others, and really what the holidays meant. And that's what I try to carry forward. And that's just being thankful, being aware, embracing this celebration, no matter what that celebration looks like. So the reason why I fight so hard to keep the holidays alive is because of his spirit that lives in me and that I, I refuse to let die. So it's really important to remember during this time that as much festivity as there is, as much warmth and happiness and joy that there is, as, as much as we enjoy the Christmas calories from the baked goods and as much as we enjoy getting together and celebrating whatever it is that we celebrate, remember that this is also one of the most challenging times of the years for so many people, myself included. And for some of us, it's really a fight to create that happiness to keep from experiencing grief. Whenever you interact with someone, whenever you pass someone by, no matter what you believe, no matter what you celebrate, make sure that you remember the the spirit of the season that's greater than your specific celebration. Remember that it's about warmth. It's about hope. It's about love. It's about happiness. It's about joy. And make sure you wish that person well. And above all, don't forget, like I always say, to be the change that you want to see. And I think that starts with accepting and with love. And I think there's no better time than to be able to exude that than during the holidays. No matter what you guys are going through, no matter what our listeners are going through, no matter what we celebrate, no matter what we hold dear, I just hope that this holiday season is genuinely prosperous, is genuinely full of joy and light and warmth 
And if you're one of those that find yourself fighting off grief and fighting off strife this this holiday season, I hope that you find the strength to get through it. I hope that you find some semblance of light. May the light and the warmth of the season be on you. And, and we are going to take a brief hiatus just for the holidays. That way our co-hosts can enjoy their families and enjoy everything that we have going on moving into 2024. We have some great episodes coming up in 2024. We have an amazing series that we're kicking off the year with. We've got some guests that are coming in to contribute to the conversation and we've got plans. So end your year strong, end your year with confidence. And I hope that this journey of healing and growth has been beneficial to you and yours. Hit me, baby, one more time. Yeah, no, nah, shut the fuck up. Yeah, I'm so baby. sick of you. <laughs> we love all of y'all, man. We love every single oh, one of y'all. Baby. Favorite, like, share <laughs> all your friends. You know what I'm saying? And send auntie a Britney Spears. You can follow her on Instagram. She got them crazy videos, dog. Like she, I think she, she in the holiday spirit every day. She on something. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Listen, leave Britney alone or whatever yeah, he said. Man. Hey, man, safe spaces and faces. Happy holidays to everybody, man. Have a good one, everybody. Enjoy your family. Enjoy, enjoy whatever you enjoy the best way that you can enjoy. Peace and love. Thank you for opening your space to safe spaces and faces. We hope that you too get involved in the conversation. Remember to like, follow, and share our social media. Tell us your story, share your experience, and together we can make a difference. Until next time, be the change you want to see.